Hey, do you guys want to just play D and D? I'm ready. I think. Ready. I think I'm ready. Are we taking shots? Shotgun and beer? God no! Fuck shotgunning just, a beer. I brought my. I have my pint of red wine. I'm good. I'm your host and your dungeon master, Wes. These are my players. Introduce yourselves. I'm Caleb Hex. I play God of Buffalo, a human ranger. I actually said that right this time. I'm Rachel. I play Callist Astorio, tiefling bard. I'm Nina Larson. Nina, it's not sleeve Larson. What? It's not sleeve. Then you just sneeze all over your oh, sleeve? I did just do that. <laughs> I'm Nina Larson. I'm Adelaide, the half elf warlock. Uh, I'm Alan Clark, and I play Patches, the half elf thief rogue. And I feel we've gotten slower with each person. I know. Arl Garowin, the divination wizard now. Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. It goes by which players have done the most cocaine. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, you listeners, welcome to your favorite real play, Dungeons & Dragons podcast that's coming to a close. Hit that. If you know that song's name, at us. We were all in here yelling this at Siri, and uh, she did a horrible job Siri of finding the song. Siri, no, no. You mean hospital? No. <laughs> well, she said, it, it, you know, it, uh, it like actually shows up what you're saying. It does the speech to yeah. text. It said, Caleb's phone on the screen, it said, hey, Siri, what's that song called that goes papa, 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 papa. Maybe I sang it wrong. Uh, Maybe yeah. it poorly. Uh, so, hey, whatever. Anyway, we are a sponsored podcast because our quality is so high. Hell yeah. Dice Envy thinks we're great, and we think that Dice Envy's great. And we think that it's Pride Month and that you should get yourself a beautiful pair of rainbow dice to celebrate. You can get 10% off of the rainbow dice and any other goddamn dice on the website. And whatever else they sell by entering the code HitDicePod at checkout. It's going to get you 10% off. Go over there. Show them your support of us. You don't have to tell them that we sent you because that's what the code does. You know? So help yourself. Help us. Help them. It's like a little... It's like we're all in a little dice commune. Last... I don't know, month on Hit Dice. No, we met two weeks ago. Mm. No, it's been so long. It's been a while. That's Last nice. time we met on Hit Dice... Uh, you all were in the elemental plane of air, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, you, you, you united two star-crossed lovers who uh, plunged into the abyss, and there was this big bright flash, and then they weren't there anymore. Uh, Vincent and Catherine, you all did them some big favors, and they returned some pretty big favors to you guys. They gave you some sick, cool-ass weapons. They gave you favor with the giant Gwyn and with... Yenba. Yenba! And with Yenba. And mm-hmm. so you guys got the Elemental Stone of Air. On your way out, you did stop uh, star singer Gwyn and Jen told you to come by and she would have your star reading ready. She told you... All she said was your best opportunity for what you sought was in two days' time. Arwell was like, what's that mean? And she essentially said, it means whatever you think it means. And also, someone told me to sleep. Who told me to sleep? I had to sleep before. Oh, Gwen told you to sleep. Yeah, Yeah, Gwen told you to sleep. And you went back to Yenba, and with the stone, you were able to open a portal back to your plane, and you really quickly are just sucked through it. And as you leave the elemental plane of air, that feeling of lightness is gone. You... 
you were there for about a week, a week's time, and uh, or actually, seven days have passed. And it takes about that long to get accustomed to there not being any real gravity. And so when you come back into the material plane, you feel it set on your shoulders immediately, like someone's trying to push you down into the ground. And while you're still able to stand up, it's just something that you've never had to think about before. You can feel that gravity weighing down on you. You were sitting in front of the tower that was destroyed when you interrupted the ritual. You don't know how much time has passed, but it is still smoldering. The moonlight above you is covered by clouds, but no longer a dangerous storm that is threatening to go out of control, but it shines down on this tower like a spotlight. And as you were sitting in this silver spotlight that's being diffused by these clouds overhead, you can see what's left of the monastery over to your left. A few lights remain on, but judging by how many are off, you think that it is deep into the night. Though it is deep into the night, right in front of you, you can see some workers milling about the tower. You're, you all are about 100 feet away from it. You're not directly at its doorstep. And as you were sitting here and you're taking in this scene, Buffalo walked over to Guy and like nestled his head up under his arm. And you can just see those two little red glowing <laughs> lights yes. in his eye sockets. Uh, but he comes over and you can hear his bones just rattling. Uh, you all are standing here. You have one more stone in your possession. So on your person, you have this really dirty looking, just black earthen rock. You know that it is the elemental stone of earth. You have a barely used elemental stone of air. And that elemental stone, uh, just to remind you, it is, it's more like a shard than it is a stone. And there are these constant wisps of white, almost like clouds just pouring off of it. And they don't pour far. They, they do hover closely to it. But you can see just these little wisps of what look like clouds floating off of it at all times. The elemental stone of fire is with your buddy, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you all sent clerics after him to tell him to hide it. You weren't exactly sure what happened there, but here you stand. You are at the Monastery of the Yellow Rose. There are a few monks, it looks like, working in front of you. None of them have noticed you. They seem hard at work, the ones that are still out here. And uh, it is quiet. <laughs> should we, now that we're back <clears throat> and time is normal, should we sleep? Should Probably. we talk to the headmaster guy? What's if we his? can. or Let's just start with these workers over here and see. Um, yeah. Okay. Hi, excuse me. Uh, what year is it? How long since the tower fell? You you look over and you... (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, good question. Considering Uh, we have no idea what the calendar even is in our world. As all of these (laughs) sensations are being soaked into all of you, having these stones standing on these steps, seeing the tower you ruined, the gravity on you, the moonlight in the dark... Uh, you the the last sensation that finally creeps into your minds is how bitter fucking cold it is here. You do not have your furs on. You do not have your cold gear on. You were wearing very light clothing in the elemental plane of air, and that cold is just wrapping around everyone. Uh, Adelaide, oh, <laughs> Adelaide does not it. shake or shiver, but everyone else does. And you walk up and you just look at one of the workers, Callista. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, well, I hear Adelaide asking her litany of questions, and I'm just. <laughs> Excuse me, how long since the tower fell? Yeah, you see them, they look up to you. They are just wearing these simple monk robes. These Mm -hmm. monks at this monastery, they do not wear cold gear. Um, And they pull their hood back, and it seems to be a woman, but her head is completely shaved. And as she looks out to you, she doesn't have eyebrows, nothing like that. She has very plain features, almost like a porcelain doll without paint on it. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. From uh, Dr. Strange or whatever? Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. Um, It looks a lot like her, actually. She, She looks to you and says... Two weeks' time since the tower fell. That's not bad. That's, Two that's weeks. Less. Well, I guess we weren't in the plane of air that's, for that long. Were there like three days? Honestly, it could be a little worse. 
It could. Uh, it, it others have been worse. To travel to, um, a fortnight, she would yeah. say. She wouldn't say two weeks. She'd say a, a fortnight. fortnight. <laughs> and then we would all drop out of the big flying balloon thing to wherever. Yeah. To <laughs> whatever happens next. Yeah. I don't, I don't play the game, so I don't know. Because apparently that thing's indestructible. <laughs> so she tells you it's been it's been a fortnight since how long the tower fell. How long to Mole Master? Depends on the way you go. You can cross the glacier. A quicker path, or you can go on the road through towns. It's longer, but it's safer. How long's the quickest path? Uh, the quickest path is however many days it took you guys the first time you took it. Don't we have to Did go to the glacier? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's where we met. Uh, Garwill. Gar. Garwill. Garwill. Yeah. Okay. 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 Isn't Mallory? <laughs> I think it. I think it took and you guys the, three the, three days. The poop monster. Three <laughs> days. Yeah. And you fought the poop monster. Three days that way, and then... Uh, we did it's, fine. We it's did, like five days the other. Just like fought a couple wolves. I'll, I'll remind you of this, too. You all did a lot of rolls, and so you would already... You still have this information. It doesn't leave as we leave the table. You would know that if you stuck to the outskirt of the glacier, mm-hmm. that it's safest. Uh, you also know that Marika lives down there, and that she knows the glacier very well. She's a ice giant shaman who mm-hmm. is very mm-hmm. in touch with all the things around it. Yeah, my friend. Um, yeah. <laughs> She also, you She's know, worships Oril, and you know that there are white worms that roam the glacier, and that they're like a special breed of rimmerases. Also, we have uh, we have your thing. What's that? Yeah, my campus. Kiampus. Yeah. Kiampus. <laughs> I'm thinking about tornado <laughs> of sad memories. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. The potato of sad memories. Just hold up the potato to an enemy. Oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing that to a dragon. Dude, I'm going to hold it up to the end of Tazasis and he's going to be like, Mother. <laughs> and then you guys can flank him again. <laughs> and then we'll murder him. Man, that potato came in a lot of handy. Uh, isn't Mallory on the Glacier of the White Worm? You guys want to go just save her ass real quick and be done with it? If we can figure out where it is. Yeah, just yes. super fast. Just a quick yeah. rescue. <laughs> That is a thing that we want to do, but we need to find some things out first, I guess. Should we talk to Marika and get some information about maybe, like, barbarians somewhere? or <laughs> Probably. Could... I'd also like to see if they know, hear anything about what was going on that night, just in case there's something we need to know about what has transpired in the world in the two weeks we were gone. Right. Mm-hmm. Do we need to eventually... Do we need to eventually get <laughs> to... Oh, there he <laughs> yeah, I would think so. Yeah, that's where all the shit's going down. Yeah, right now. where we think Mallory is, we don't know. We have no well, idea where she is. If she's at the Mole Master ish, three days away. Like we need to find a way to get back to Raven's Bluff sooner. If we can. can we? Well, let's talk to the head dude here and then go. Maybe they have or maybe horses. sleep. Horses or maybe or griffins. Like, do they have griffins I'll... in our plane? Yeah. Is. Can we order stuff in this game? I mean, can we order this game? I, I mean, there are people who have, like, teleportation it's cycles, but piece. I know this monastery doesn't really like <laughs> magic. Yeah. But maybe we should talk to the head monk We need here. to find out more about maybe what our options are and what's whatever. going on. Let's summon the head. Well, first, what the time is it? You ask these people. Yeah. Um, yeah. The same as looking at you. She looks at the other monks and she says, continue working. And they, they're back at it again. And they, they are just, at this moment, they're just putting rubble on tarps and like moving it out of the way. They're, in no, they're not repairing this place yet at all. They're still just trying to clean up this mess. And uh, she looks to you and says, uh, I, I imagine, th- though I've been here for a while, she looks up. And as you all look up, you can see that the moon is not directly overhead, but just a little past. Mm-hmm. And she says... Just past midnight, I imagine. 
I think we should rest first and then find him in the morning instead of waking him. Is he, like, going to be nice to us or be really Mm -hmm. mad that we destroyed his tower? I think maybe he will know now that he was pretty not not. We were telling the truth. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. He probably saw us fighting all them gangly motherfuckers anyway. Yeah. You guys did shout out to him and his light came on. Yeah. He knows that we were fighting the bad guys. Well, (laughs) his light came on. I vote for just waiting for You think so? Middle of the night? It doesn't matter. I mean, what do we all do? I just, I'm worried about time. And as you were, you were talking to uh, this woman with her hood down and then you hear these heavy footsteps coming through the snow toward all of you. You can hear that crunching underneath you, and there is just this light flurry. And it doesn't seem like it's actually snowing, but more like the wind is just like get, grabbing the snow and throwing it up into the air, and you can just see it slowly floating around you. And you see this dwarf just crunching through the snow toward you. She has this fiery red hair as she is walking toward you. Uh, you all would recognize Lady Taste Blue Shield as she is coming out toward you, and she, with a big, point, like, stubby finger, points at you and says... You think that we're not going to make you clean up this mess that you caused? Well, you're wrong. You have a lot of questions to be answering to the Master of Flowers. I told you all to bring any information to me before you acted on it. And look what happens when you don't. We don't have time to clean, girl. Yeah, that was going to happen anyway. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to be so worried about your precious tower when the world ends. And she, like, you can see her, like, mouth pursing and her arms and shoulders shaking as she's looking out to all of you. And she's like, you'll take no responsibility for these things. Though we laid it out perfectly for you not to. And then you hear a voice speak out and says, Lady Tace, calm yourself. And uh, an older gentleman steps out. The Grandmaster of Flowers steps out to all of you. He has this uh, long Fu Manchu beard. He is very slow as he walks, though even though his age is, it's very apparent on his face. He has this weathered skin that's cracked from the cold, but his posture is perfect, and his movements are fluid. His body seems very strong, and like age has not affected it at all. And he says, they warned us, and we did not listen. We were stuck in our traditions and our ways. And if we hadn't, maybe this could have all been avoided. They tried to tell us. Mm -hmm. And here we are. Something else to endure, Lady Tace. Something our monks can handle. All of you. Mother Senilla is awake. And she wishes to speak with you. Oh, well, damn. Okay, yeah. When did this happen? As soon as the tower fell. I had a feeling. Mm, Is she... Do you know what happened? Was she involved? Was she somehow captive to the people that were doing whatever they were doing? You remember Mother Witta, the woman working on the tower? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Her and a few others were in the cult. Some people in our own monastery. It was easy to find out who was connected when it all fell. And we used some less than savory techniques to pull it out of them. But it is done. The cooks, all in on it. Brother Zern was poisoning her from the kitchen all along. I knew it. That aside, we are taking care of our own things, of our people, rethinking the way that we do things. More to endure, more to learn from. But this is not your concern. Let us speak with Mother Sanilla. And if you seek rest or food, or blueberry wine to ease your minds, we can supply all of those. 
All four, please. That's, that's a <laughs> big yes from over here. And you can just see Lady Taste, like, though she's not shaking anymore, her fists are still clenched, her teeth are still, like, set, and you can just see that breath coming off of her. She's breathing it out, like, just this hot, steamy breath, and you can just see the, like, fire in her eyes. I would say to her, see, listen to your boss. <laughs> you just see her teeth, like, <laughs> like grit to the side and a little I, bit as you say like, this. look at her and just, like, kind of, like, smile, you know? She's like looking like her eyes are like really quickly looking back and forth between all of you. And uh, and she just says, order of the rose. Can't believe I bought it. And then she like huffs and like stomps her big dwarven foot one time. And then she starts like crunching in the snow back toward the place. The whole time you can just see her breath. And I say, yeah, that was pretty her. naive. <laughs> <laughs> but is she and you just monk? hear like, <laughs> like she's walking back to the place. She's just like screaming and like walking back toward this place. Is she one of the monks or is she just hanging out? <laughs> she's head of the order of the uh, rose. Yes. She's not behaving very monk like. Uh, she wasn't when you all first met her. No. Either. So she she's like to endure. Why she's she just like stomping back toward this place. Uh, you were told before you came up that to like watch out for her and that she had a temper and crazy. yeah, and that she's really quick to anger and she does not put up with bullshit. But she's walking back and the Grand Master of Flowers, whose name I think you all got, is his name's Perry Winkle. He says, follow me. Is it Perry Winkle? No. Or Perry his Winkle? first name is Perry Winkle. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. he's, and he's just like, follow me. She still is resting in bed. She has much recovery to do. The poison still courses through her veins, but wow. she is awake. She is lucid. She is not walking, however. Okay. Yeah, we I, follow. I, yeah, follow for sure. As you are walking through this monastery, that wind is no longer howling through here. You've only been here when the wind chimes were just like all in harmony all the time, like crashing glass. There was harmony to it and it was beautiful, but it was like uh, it, just this symphony of noise at all times. And now those wind chimes are still in perfect harmony, but they're much more subtle. That wind blows through really gently. It's no longer this fierce maelstrom and they're all just jangling. And as you were walking through this monastery again, the whole side of it, as you were walking through this hallway, actually looks over the cliff down to the glacier of the White Worm. And you can see, like, as you're walking through it, the monastery actually bends. And you can see the other half of it on this, like, sit in the side of the cliff. And you can see those windows. You know there is a crypt, and you can see the windows down to it, just below this entire building. But these wind chimes are blowing, and uh, the Grand Master of Flowers is very slowly walking through this place. The few people that are awake, they just nod to him. He nods back with a smile and he continues to walk. He's a very generous smile that he has. You've never seen him not wearing. He always has it on. And he walks you to the Medica. And as he walks in, he opens the doors and you can see that same. She's not a nurse and she's not a doctor. She's like the in between. <laughs> but, she's a PA. Yeah, she's yeah, assistant. Yeah, she's like a physician <laughs> assistant. And you see her. She's scribbling something down and she's uh, she says, Visiting hours are over. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. And she takes a step back and like holds her clipboard up to her chest. She looks around at all of you and then she just like bows really quickly to the Grand Master of Flowers. He walks past her and he just like puts his hand on her shoulder really gently. And then he continues walking. You walk back to this bed. Only one of you have actually seen uh, Mother Savan up until this point. Who went to help her? Arwell? Mm -hmm. So Arwell, you see her, her eyes are open now and her face is very knowing. 
like just looking on her, she looks like a very intelligent woman, just the way that she is built. And you can see her alert eyes as you come in. They're very bright. And her hair is just like flowing down around her. It is a bit greasy as she's been in this bed for many, many days. And it lays flat against her face. But she still has this look of intelligence, of being put together as she sits here in front of you all. Uh, she is a half elf. And uh, as she sits here up in this bed, you can just see those a few elven features on her face. The biggest difference here, Arwol, is you can see color in her cheeks and her nose and her lips. She no longer looks pale and sickly. You can tell that she is weak just by the way that she is sitting. No one is currently tending to her. The Grandmaster of Flowers just like bows to her and he says, Mother Savan, how do you fare? She looks over to him and says, Very well, Grandmaster. Much better. I'm slowly starting to remember things. What happened when I fell? All of the people I saw in the room. But I'm feeling much better. And he says, very well. And you have these five to thank for it. And she looks to all of you and she smiles. Very small. I'm in your debt. If there's anything you need, all you need do is ask. The monastery is at your disposal. We need to see you well again. So many things. It's good to be well again. I have dreamed for so many days. I'm still trying to get my bearings, but... It's coming back to me. Is there a way to get to... Do you have any... Like, kind of like going through a thousand things. Like, Can you get us to Raven's Bluff in a hurry? <laughs> to Raven's Bluff? We want to get to Raven's Bluff. It's, uh, we want to get to Mallmaster. Yeah, but then also maybe from there. I don't know. I just have options. Yeah. Do you know how to travel quickly? <laughs> okay. More broad. Yeah. More broad? Um, horses, fucking... What? Flying things, <laughs> fucking teleport yeah. us. Circle, you name it. I don't know if the dragon has had time to prepare to get ready to come here, but we do kind of have two dragons at our disposal that we could fly on their fucking backs to Raven's Bluff, and that would look super badass as we come into town. They will come once when we call them to aid us. And they can just hang around once we get. To <laughs> I don't spot. think they're gonna do that. It's like, a, it's like a summoning thing. I'm not from sure Final we want to <laughs> use them as like a bus. I feel like this was our job, right? See y'all. Bye. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, yeah, she speaks out. Mm-hmm. Uh, not our monastery. It is not yeah. the way of our people. But I do know that Molemaster is a big trade town. If you have the gold, I'm sure. That they can send you. Marika, she lives just below us. Mm -hmm. She is a member of the Emerald Enclave. They have teleportation networks all over the continent. Mm. She may be able to help you more than I, but unfortunately, we do not have mounts to make our burden easier. Mm. We do not have convenience (laughs) in any of its forms Mm -hmm. in this place. See, I feel like that's what got you into this fucking pickle. (laughs) (laughs) Can we ride on panther backs? Those are fast. <laughs> yeah, if you find five, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we need five panthers. <laughs> okay, well. Are there horses? Are we done here? <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry to be so crazy. Yeah, Savant. I think she can yes, probably us. our next. Can we like, um, take some blueberry wine to go? <laughs> uh, and, and then the Grand Master Flower speaks up and he says, of course, as much as you can carry. Yeah, we should stock up on some wine and some food. That'd be good. Um, um, and, and, um, I'm taking a wind chime, too. Is that cool? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, just walk out of the gift shop with the... <laughs> uh, take, take as many as you like. I the, went to the monastery and all I got was a stupid t-shirt. Yeah. 
We show up to get Mallory, and we all have, like, wine mouth, and we're like, boom, bye, yeah! Uh, another point. The wine you were taking, though it is delicious, it is much sought after, and it will hasten some transactions in Mole Master if you have it on your person. Make some friends, wink, wink. He says, <laughs> yes, and then he only winks one time because he's old. It's like Trappist beer. <laughs> There's monks making fucking Trappist beer, but oh, they're yeah. making, like, Trappist wine. Bag of Horton, <laughs> filling you up. Doink, doink. So you get a wind chime. <laughs> like, Grandmaster, uh, I know you've been busy at the monastery, but have you heard anything from around Molemaster? Uh, you were looking for a small child that might be missing, and I don't know if you've heard anything from your scouts or just travelers or anything. I I have not heard of this child, nor have we had any go through. Sure. All of the children who wander to our monastery are kept in the orphanage. Uh, but you all were told in Molemaster that she was seen. So I don't remember exactly who you asked, but someone in Molemaster yeah. had seen her. And they saw her walk out I, onto the glacier alone. I'll ask more in Molemaster, Grandmaster, but do you know of any barbarian villages in the hills or mountains? This I do know. There are barbarians who have totemic white worms. They draw their power God damn it, from them. Fight one of those I shall sing to it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they live in the center of the glacier, as would be fit for them, since they worship the worms. Okay. That's pretty cool. Hmm. Pretty cool. Uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it sounds appropriate since the edge of the glacier, the glacier is the safest part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have to go to the most dangerous part. Of course. Oh. <laughs> what do you remember? You said you saw figures. What What do you remember before you passed out or blacked out? Or blacked out? Uh, I, I remember seeing Mother Sanilla. She, she pushed me down the stairs. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, there were other people there. Mm-hmm. Other people came down from the roof, uh, through the windows, and then I saw a light, and that's all I remember. Have you all, in your um, questioning, figured out what they were trying to accomplish? We have found we have found out some of their plan, but not all of it. Uh, it seems as though they were attempting to open. Some sort of, uh, I'm, not, I'm unsure, a, a beacon um, of some kind or a, a way to purify a certain element into an item, something like that. We, we, mm. the, like, it is unclear. Stone. Yes, and it seems they serve dragons, but that's all we've found so far. Do you know the name of the cult? Have we figured that out? Uh, no names yet. Uh, it seems that the way the cultists were sent in, as far as we can tell, they didn't even know who the other cultists were as a way to keep it completely secret and mm. to keep them from knowing each other. So there's some sort of master puppeteering this cult. It would seem so. Chromatic dragons. As far as we can tell. Mm. Definitely. Tearfall related. It sounds like in yeah. lieu of going to actually find the stones, they're trying to make their own haste in their progress. Yeah, uh, interesting. I'm assuming we stopped that before it could happen. Um, Hopefully. Yeah. Have you all had any news from the outside world of anything? A, a storm bruised to the south, uh, one even greater than what we saw here. 
Near Raven's Bluff? Or so the tales. Uh, near the Dragon's Reach. You can see it on a clear day. The clouds are dark to the south. Is Mather still in custody? Uh, yes, we still have everyone in custody. Maybe we could question her and find out exactly which chromatic dragon they're supporting. If they know. If they can, know. Can, yeah, can we talk to them? We can give you brief audience with them, sure. And then, okay, let's maybe talk to them and then go see Marika. And, Heard. And teleport to get Mallory and then... Raven's Bluff. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a whole And, yeah, and Marika, I think, is just like right over the edge. And we or like just, straight down, yeah. Yeah, just jump off and I got us. Are there snow horses? <laughs> yeah, I love these wild methods of travel. <laughs> 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 there are no wild snow okay, horses. Okay, just jump off that cliff, I got you. I can wrangle with my ranger powers. <laughs> For our journey, we would greatly appreciate um, as much wine as you can spare, as well as food. And yeah. Also, it. do you have a second backpack? Because my first backpack is full. We can provide you with extra packs. Are you actually going to be carrying around a second backpack? No, I'll be encumbered. Uh, yeah, you will. <laughs> uh, Spray it on the front. We can provide you all with two <laughs> jugs of wine apiece. Uh, ten that's, gallons seems. That's a lot, right? uh, yeah, it's like a gallon. I'll just take two like uh, wine flasks. Like okay, sure. Like, uh, flask, but wine. Okay, uh, two flasks and eight jugs. Then mm-hmm. uh, absolutely, uh, we can certainly provide you with some rations on your way. Uh, they will be simple, but Perfect. they will that's give you fine. nutrition. Whatever will get us across the the tundra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then like uh, you just see this well-meaning smile come across his face, and he's like, "Now that the kitchen isn't poisoning anyone anymore." I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to say that you have nothing to worry about oh, with the food other than the you. taste, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, Did we ever even get to eat any the first time? Yeah, yeah, I, I, we, yeah, <laughs> I ate like a whole bowl I of it. I thought it was Yours very was not. I thought. Do you think they're poisoning us? Sweet, so this is our list. Tell me if I missed something. One, talk to cult prisoners. Two, go to Marika. Three, talk teleport to Bowl Master. Four, find Mallory. Seven, Good work, Adelaide. Adelaide. I think we're going to teleport to... To the barbarian so village. So why are we going to the barbarian village? To get Mallory. Mallory. We're pretty okay, sure that's, that's she where she is. is. That's where we think she oh, is. Okay. That's where so we like Then Raven's Bluff. Or at least where I last saw Orwell had a vision of her being taken by some barbarian-looking yeah. folk. It is late, but uh, maybe she deserves waking. He walks uh, very tall out of this room. He has his robes on. The biggest difference is he does have a really heavy, it looks like weighted set of medallions almost around him, like the equivalent of like flat metallic prayer beads, basically. And you can hear them, and you can see the weight of them against themselves, and they look very heavy. But he's walking very normally with these. And he takes you, uh, he's, he says, I don't know if you've been down to the crypts, but just across from them is where we are keeping these prisoners. Uh, it is makeshift, so uh, be careful not to let them fool you into opening anything. Uh, we have never ran into this problem before, I having to hold so many people at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, but And then he opens this door, and as he does, just this musty dust cer- cellar smell comes up really quickly to all of you, and it just replaces the smell of those candles and that crisp snow outside. And as you walk into this place, it is not well lit like the rest. There are not wind chimes jingling down here. But there are statues and there are tapestries. And just to remind you as you're walking down these halls, there are tapestries of all of the saints of Ilmater that were at this monastery at any point in time. So you can see all of their deeds painted on these walls as you're walking past these statues of them in Ilmater and in between them, these enormous doors. And as you step down into them, you can see that 
on one side, there are statues and there are crypts. That moonlight is pouring in through some kind of holes that are just behind each of these crypts. And those torches are just flickering against them. And on the other side of the room from each of these tombs, you can see some really well-built stone stockades. And there are people in them, like hands and head sticking out of this stone. It's You think that there, even if it was unlocked... It's like, how the fuck would you ever get this off of you? It's this like heavy set stone and it's almost marbled and it is perfectly crafted around these people. You all know that the uh, order of the chisel uh, is really well known here and that they are like the most superb craftsmen on the planet, basically. Here set all of the like cultists that they found so far. Um, anyway, as we're walking like down the stairs, I'm going to be like, how cool is it going to be when we kill Yonatazasas? Am I right? <laughs> So cool. So, oh, my God. Very audibly. Yeah. Not, it echoes. Yeah. <laughs> Not as cool as when we kill all of these cult members. <laughs> <laughs> and then you hear one voice, like, speak out. It's it's a shrill voice. It's like, you wouldn't. You wouldn't kill us. A monastery. Ha. I laugh at your bluff. Our masters will be here soon. I want to. Your um, masters are going to die. They just hear the shink as Babe the Big Blue Axe comes out. I would like to, as he pulls out his sword, I'm going to use one of my fate presences to uh, cast a 10-foot cube. They have to make a wisdom save, um, and if they fail, they will be frightened. Okay. That's a natural one. (laughs) (laughs) They are real. My eyes just start glowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You all see Adelaide's hair, like, on her arms start to stand up. Uh, like her hair even floats just a little off her shoulders. Her eyes open and they fixate on these people. You all hear Adelaide's voice <laughs> echoing. And as you laugh, it's hard to tell, but it, there are these shafts of light coming through. And it like as these lights are hitting the ground, it, you just start to see them like flickering across the ground as Adelaide is walking in and you hear her laughing and you can like, uh, you hear the same woman call out and she's like, spare me, spare me. I didn't know. I didn't know. I was forced into this. I'll tell you whatever you want. I just start dragging the axe blade along the ground. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like scraping. I'm just sort of flipping the black dagger. Yeah. So you all, you all are walking into this place. We're not monks. (laughs) (laughs) You all walk in and uh, you recognize Mother Sanilla immediately. She is the first in here. Brother Zern is just to her right. You can see he's a portly man and he is well fed uh, he is in a stock of his own his belly is just hanging down in front of him and uh, he says uh, oh actually no never mind with the spell that you just cast he's like shaking in this and he's just looking like fixed at the ground and you can see mother Sanilla trying to lift her head to see you her hair is just like matted against her you can see her look like her she is wild eyed and she sits here this dark black hair is over her face and it's all over and she's like so scared and speaking and screaming out that she's spitting as she's talking you can just see it like leaking out of her mouth I want to grab her chin and pull her like put my face right up uh-huh. hers and say tell me what you know Yes, yes, whatever you want to know. All I was told was to to come here, to to join the Order of the Chisel, and to, well, to push Mother Savan down the stairs when the time came. Told by whom? A letter in the flags. What? In the flags? The, 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 uh, so they have these prayer flags set up all over this place. Mm-hmm. When they change the blues to reds, it's a message to us to check for... Messages around the monastery. What uh, what dragons are you serving? Well, a few, I suppose. Um, they made me do this. You understand? I couldn't stand up to them. What was I to do? The dragons made you do it. Yes. How? How did you get involved in this? 
well, they they a- approached me and and uh, and she looks over and you can see Brother Zern is looking at her and she says, my husband, he made us. And he says, hush, shut your mouth, woman. And she's like, no, no, this is not my fault. I'm not going to die for this. So then I wipe her slobber all over his face. <laughs> and his chin. Um, I, I, for the record, I put my Dragon's Bane bracelet back on. Okay. I slam um, my, oh, sorry. Insight on this lady. <laughs> and I'll do insight on the husband. I'm rolling insight on uh-huh. her. And it is. Uh-oh. Wow. It's a, it's a mod 20. Yay! Yeah. She 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 has done everything but shit in her pants out of fear. Right. Like, you can see her trembling. Her eyes are wide. And you can tell from the reaction of Brother Zern that he is, in fact, her husband. It, it, they, are, they do not get married in this monastery. And you would know that uh, the Grand Master of Flowers doesn't think any of them are connected. But it seems like these two know each other, even mm-hmm. though the Grand Master of Flowers told you that the cultists were unaware of one another, as far as they could tell. I'm going <laughs> to slam the axe into the wall right next to the dude's head and yeah. just be like, what fucking dragons? And he, like, actually pisses his pants as you do this. And, like, you can, like, smell it. And it's just like he's drank a lot of coffee today. And, <laughs> and, and, and he says, Two, two dragons. There are two in charge of everything. One green and one white. Unit is and, and never met the white dragon. Name the white dragon. And oh. I grab him by the throat. Uh, he's like, as you grab his throat, he says, they would not tell us their names. It's Who funny. They names? seem to like us to know their names. He says, I don't know the dragons themselves. As your hand is still like gripped around his throat. Inside. It's Easy. <laughs> 11. Uh, yeah, within 11, he is scared. You do not think he's in a position to be lying to you. He also just pissed in his pants. So you have a hard time believing he would be lying to you. But Some of these people are crazy and they're like devoted to the cause. Mm-hmm. Sure. So. How many of the rest of you knew each other before you came here? He's like gritting his teeth and looking around at all of you. You need to tell us everything Sunilla that says, you know. We're the only two. Who, I, he's the only other one I knew. We knew each other before we came. And we were sent here at the same time. She says, I swear, I don't know anyone else. Did the others arrive at the same time as you did? I don't know any of the others. And how long were you here? She's like looking around frantically and she's like, seven years, the two of us. Seven years. Long game. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time to stop being recruits in a place like this. And to think we would end up here. All I ever wanted to do was leave. And even though like Adelaide's still like holding her head up, she's like looking over to her husband when she says leave, like really sharply. She like looks over at him. It doesn't look like you're going to be leaving anytime soon. Um, no, no. You made you some know, bad choices. Do you know where the dragons that you serve are, operate out of? Do you know where they are? I think we know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They only sent us messages, told us what to do. How did they send you messages? Well, when the flags were changed, oh, you would take, there, were, there was a, a red one on the end of each string. It would tell you where to look. There was a note. I, I'm assuming that the other cult members involved that are here hid and delivered the messages, but I, never, I don't know who they are. I never met them. Are there others in stockades down here or just these two? It's just these two. So they've only found two people. Seems so. Do you have operatives in Raven's Bluff? No, we, we, we're from, we're from Waterdeep. I'm sure they do that. There were... On the night the tower fell, there were many more people involved. Were you there? I, I saw I saw the tower fall. Yes. Were you in the tower? On the tower? No, I was outside. I saw you. Right outside. She's the reason why you and oh, that's Adelaide right. had to turn yeah, you back. Guys were that's right. Like distract her. That's right. That's why I had to punch Adelaide. I love yeah. you, Adelaide. <laughs> no, we weren't out there. And Zern was in bed as usual. Do you know who the others were who were on the tower? No, I didn't even know that anyone was out on that tower. I mean. Uh, 
Okay, yes, I did know that there were others there. We... It was hard to miss. After I pushed Mother Savant down the stairs, I knew that there would be others there at the time. I didn't see their faces, but they did erase her memory with magic. And that's how they kept her under until my husband could poison her. Who did this? Uh, just the others. I, I don't know their names. And as soon as they cast the spell, I was There's left with her body. She didn't see. I swear it's the truth. And you, husband? What's your part in all this? Just the poisoning? Or is there more? Uh, I made the cordial to keep Mother Savan under. Mm. I suppose that they did need a couple to do it. To have two people bring down one person. It would have been hard to do with none of us being affiliated. But that was it. That was all I was to do. My only instructions. Did they ever tell you anything about what the broader goal of all this was? They wanted us to... They told us that there would be some sort of, I don't know, rock or something. But that wasn't our job. Yeah. We were just supposed to get people who would get in the way out of the picture. Well, the good news in all of this is it looks like we've uh, foiled, thwarted foiled that shit. Plans. Yep. Yeah. I look at the husband and I'm like, so you like to poison innocent people, huh? It's time for you to get a little bit of your own medicine. And I just pull out the potato. I'm like, look at it. <laughs> and he's like, no. <laughs> what does he see in the potato? Uh, you can't see what they see in the potato. Uh -huh. Like to you, it just looks like buffalo. Uh, it just looks like who all did we decide? My stepmom. Your stepmom, Isaac's. Uh, like you all just see that, but you can just see him. Like I just see a potato, and I'm fascinated. Yeah, and it, and he's like, <laughs> no, he's like chicken joint. <laughs> oh, that's right, it was Edith. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're just Edith. That's the death I'm satisfied. Yeah, and Pat, about. Pat just like it's a fucking potato. Why is everybody crying? <laughs> Shoulder shrug emoji. Yeah. I just don't care. <laughs> he says. Why did you bring a potato that looks like my dad here? <laughs> He's just like crying. And I, and I look it in his eyes and I go, why did I bring a potato that looks like my dad? If we sleep, do you think one of us should watch the prayer flags and see if they turn red? I well, think, the opera I think not gonna it's be done. Yeah. Rolling. Yeah. We've foiled yeah. that shit. Yeah. Um, they might but, try again. I mean, I would imagine the Grand Master's beside us. Yeah, well, like, yeah, he knows just tell him that. Him that. Yeah, he knows, he knows the signal. He, yeah, he's hearing all of this, yeah. and you can see him, like, his his expression never really changes. Sometimes yeah, he'll tilt his head when he hears something, like when she says that the flags are how they were uh, doing, mm -hmm. getting information back and forth. You see him just like, so think about it. <laughs> maybe question whoever changes your flags for you because they're involved. Um, He's like, I, I'd like I'm to know honest, what unsavory I means you think. Didn't even know we changed you... the flag. So. <laughs> <laughs> what are these unsavory means you used to question them in which you found out none of this? <laughs> You're like, here's some chocolate. Would you like to tell us anything? <laughs> this fucking chocolate. <laughs> I'm giving you regular wine, not blueberry. Oh wine. no! 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 I'll tell you whatever you want. At least make it a peanut. That's so good. <laughs> I'm done with these peons. Yeah, Let's get the too. fuck out of here. Yeah, because he peed on himself. I get it. On. on our way out, because I don't think we need to stay here with these poor terrified people anymore. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, it smells like pee pee. Um, and... I give him a salute and I say thanks. Yep. Yeah, it just smells like pee pee. <laughs> Let's go see Marika. This lady has spit all over her yeah. face. Adelaide gets a wind chime. Uh, the wind chime that you get, it looks like it looks like a, a an open palm, but it is facing upside down. And from each tip, you can see that there are just like these little shards that dance perfectly against each other. And in the dead center of the palm, there's just a little eyeball that's carved oh, oh into it. Oh my god, I love it so much. Yeah, it's made out of like copper, some sort of uh, brown metal. And uh, yeah, so you have you have this wind chime from the monastery. I wanted to ask the Grand Master. Um, I guess make my pitch that I usually make as we're leaving places. Um, mm -hmm. The the threat that we face threatens our entire world, our entire plane. And your people, I know, are 
oriented to endure the things that come upon them and happen to them. And that's seen as a mark of pride. But I would say that there's perhaps an even greater level of endurance involved in actually working against the things causing all of this darkness and trouble in the world so that others might not have to endure it. Mm -hmm. Um, That might be even harder work than sitting by and watching it happen. Um, I would encourage you if there are any among your people who could come to Raven's Bluff and help us in the fight against these dragons. Uh, Roll roll a a persuasion for me. Okay. Roll that persuasion. A persuasion with my new stats. And you're like, there's no better way to test your merit. I like how simple it is. That is a mod 20. Dirty 20. Uh, Yeah, with a dirty 20, he says... You have helped us much, and we will do our best to help you. Is there anything specific we could... I know, uh, sorry, you don't have quick transportation or anything. Unfortunately Um, not. There's going to be a lot of cleanup in Raven's Bluff and a lot of people who are hurt. Um, This is true. And... Perhaps in the aftermath. Just honestly sending a crew of people who are looking to take care of people who are weaker, who can add their strength to them, um, would be a good idea. Make the fucking... Cult members build the tower back. Uh, I wouldn't trust them perhaps, until it's all over. Perhaps it's best that their hands remain idle. That's true. For now, absolutely. But I will. I do. I like that idea, Arwell. Um, if if a group could be put together to give aid to those places that are about yeah. to face destruction, that would be. Wonderful. It is our traditions. Are that the Order of the Rose are the only ones allowed to leave the monastery to adventure and to sell. Mm-hmm. The Order of the Chisel remains here, and they would be your builders. But as you have already proven, our traditions have flaws. I will speak with Lady Taste Blue Shield. I will send out a squadron of Order of the Rose, and they will protect some Order of the Chisel. And we will send as many hands as we can spare, which I imagine is a lot. (laughs) Is there any way that I could get a a very sturdy old wooden bow staff from your monastery? Uh, now that we do have, uh, we don't have many weapons, but the ones that we do are staves. He will leave you with a uh, it's plus two staff. Can I just like carry it on my back? Yeah, you have like three weapons now. I got Babe, I've got the Onyx Axe, I've got the Bow and Arrow, and then the Big Bow. And then the Mace of Disruption, right? Oh, yeah. I got a lot of shit, but I'm multi-classified. You just so, strap it all dude, in no, all those like bones. All yeah, yeah. Well, you look like a, you look like. You have a buffalo, I've got buffalo. Like you look like a can... you look like a peacock walking around. Yeah, like, you're, but I'm your feathers are weapons. So yeah, which makes it really weird when I'm stealth as a rogue, but whatever, <laughs> or as a ranger. Right. Um, yeah. So down with that bow. Thank you for all of your help, Grandmaster. Yes. Thank and you and thank you for yours. And at, like as you were talking, he, Arwell walks up to him to say one last thing, and he places his hand on your shoulder, and he looks at you, and he just has that small, simple smile on his face. You will endure this, friend. Thanks. All of you will. You are strong. Stronger than many I have seen. And this is just one of many more tests you will face. I have faith in you, and I will send people after you. And he says... Thank you for everything. Thank you for everything. Thank you for the wine and the wind chime. Yeah. He like... No, No, we we already did. Oh, we did. Yeah, before we all jump off and be like, who wants to relive the airplane? Elemental plane of the air. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) So all of you you in Buffalo jump off of this cliff? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. So you get them. 
I pull out the lute and strike a chord and just lift off the yeah. ground. I'm getting used to this shit. <laughs> yeah. So you you once again feel as if you were on the mm-hmm. elemental plane of air. Everybody else just feels the gravity lessen a little bit on them. Uh, Buffalo walks up and he has that big black feathered saddle that you have on the top of him. Those feathers shake as he moves. He does ha- he does have the capacity to carry some things if you want to unload some things onto him. But everyone walks up to the edge of this cliff and just jumps off, mm-hmm. I guess. Okay, you all I just jump sort of off. I gracefully leap off and fly, and as I like, float down, I'm playing scales from the I'll top of the deck it, of the like loot a, all the way to the bottom. I'll give it a once over to make sure there's not like a, you know, it's not like we're gonna hit a rock. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's over. Uh, yeah, you all, you all, you uh, roll a perception for me. I mean, if Arwell says jump, I'm jumping. I know, no one even questioned it. How high? How or, or, yeah, how far <laughs> onto Four, the rock? Yeah, with a 13, you don't really see anything, but you all did look up this cliff from Marika's cave and see the monastery, and you remember it being just a sheer cliff. Like, okay. there, early if it looks like we're going to hit a cliff, obviously. You all step off. Buffalo, with Guy on the mount, also steps off. Guy's looking oh, ripped. can we do, like, one of those team jumps off the cliff? Yeah! One, two, three, <laughs> woo! Yeah, and then you all fall and off the cliff. Adelaide jumping. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys faked her out. That was not ready. <laughs> oh, she's gonna die for sure. <laughs> uh, so Wait, you all, at it late. <laughs> yeah, you all turn around and she's already jumped. You just hear like a, <laughs> dude. You just hear, <laughs> uh, so you all step off of this cliff. You can go down in any position that you like, but Buffalo is just like sort of standing awkwardly, just like floating down this thing pretty quickly. Uh, you all reach the bottom in about 20 seconds. Like you're still falling pretty quickly on this, just not quickly enough to t- sustain any damage when you hit your feet, probably sting a little but that's about it. I don't land. Yeah. Okay. Callista <laughs> just like floats down. I'm just still flying. I'm going to. You all are standing just outside of Marika's cave. You know exactly where this entrance is. You know exactly how to get into there. All of this stuff. There are no traps. You've been in here before, but you are on the glacier of the white worm once more. The monastery is far above you and you have to crane your head all the way back just to see it up at the top. You can see a few lights coming off of it and the walls built around it, but it seems like a small speck far above your heads and that that diffused moonlight that's shining on it like a spotlight just silhouettes it almost perfectly like Hogwarts style in the movie posters and you can just see it sitting up at the top of this cliff but the cliff does keep you from being able to be lit by the moon so you're in darkness as you were sitting here and to your backs is this wild and unforgiving tundra that you have actually already traversed but uh, here you are in front of Marika's cave and back on the glacier of the white one I want to walk right in and be like, what's up, my friend? Yeah, so you walk in and say, what's up, my friend? And you hear a hearty laugh, and you just hear like, (laughs) Marika has few friends. Welcome back. Aurel has blessed us. We went on a crazy adventure. With a way too big an elbow, like, nudges you with it, and she leans down. And Marika is small for a frost giant, but she has all of these tiny trinkets and fetishes all over her body, like tiny skulls, little tiny preserved rabbit's feet, just weird (laughs) stuff like that. She wears many, many, many white pelts that have all been put together to look like one big wardrobe. The strangest thing about her is her blonde, her, like, platinum blonde hair that she has pulled up into a bun right now that has, like, bones sitting through it. And her skin is a very pale blue. And as she looks out, she like elbows you, Adelaide, and she says, destroyed many things for the frost maiden, did you? Oh, it was so fun. She says, I heard. (laughs) (laughs) A little known fact about Aurel, she actually makes you a hoarder and makes you keep trinkets on your person at all times. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 50 weapons on her, she's like, I wouldn't know anything about that. (laughs) She says, 
The Frost Maiden smiles upon you, I'm sure, and watches you with her eyes. What brings you back to Marika's cave? Well, we heard that you're a part of the Emerald Enclave. I can't believe you never told me that. I thought we were friends. Just because we are friends does not mean I tell you all there is to know of Marika. But yes, I am part of it. When the Enclave comes through the Glacier of the White Worm, I help them navigate it. Hmm. Why do you ask? We are as well, actually. There is a barbarian horde. And she spits when you say it. In the center of the glacier. You know of it? Ugh. The barbarians of the white worms. They do not respect them. Only crave their power. Mm -hmm. They do not know what they seek, but yes, I know of them and where they are. We need to go there. We believe that they have captured someone important to us. And destroy a few of them. (laughs) Oh, destruction it is. Marika will take you to them then. Marika will not talk to them. Does Marika want to smash some skulls and not speak? Um, If I must, but I do not like killing. I do like breaking, though. Maybe they have some Would you stuff like you to could break, break some people with us? Yeah, you don't have to kill them, you can just break their legs. <laughs> At the behest of our dear. <laughs> Marika is happy to go with you, but your affairs are your own. Okay. Um, Go with us. Like, we're going to walk. Do we have to walk? A half day's walk away. Not too far. Okay. Okay, that's not bad. Oh, all right. Everybody's (laughs) like, oh. Hell yeah. Let's go. Mariko, we were talking to the Grand Master um, at the monastery above you, and he says you might have contacts with uh, teleportation circles. Oh, Marika does have a teleportation circle. Marika can send you to Mold Master if you wish. Um, while we're in Molemaster, are there many other teleportation circles for trade? Yes. The Emerald Enclave controls them. Great. If you wish to travel, last Marika heard, it is 8,000 gold pieces to another location. Okay. Is there any way that you could hook us up with like a beacon or a voucher for the Emerald Enclave so we could... Marika can help you by sending you to Molemaster. Thank you. Okay, well, um, let's. Why don't you escort us to these barbarian folk? And we'll go back to your place, and then you can send us to Mole Master. Marika thinks this is a fine plan. Do you want payment or something? I mean, my friend. For another daughter of the Frost Maiden, and she stands up big above you. Like, she's small for a frost giant, but she's still real big. She stands about 15 feet tall, so she towers over everyone. She's, like, average height. And as she is standing up, she uh, she just, like, looks to you, and she's like, We will leave now. Could we nap? <laughs> if you are tired, you may use Marika's cave to rest. Do just a little short rest and then head out? I mean, I got nothing to gain or lose from it, so... I could gain a few spells, so I'd like that. Okay. Nice. Marika, have you ever seen anything like this? And I hold up the frozen shut locket that is possibly cursed. Marika has seen many things like this. And she, like, gestures to all of the weird things. She has all over her necklaces and, like, her makeshift bracelets and anklets. She says, Marika would like to keep this thing. You can have it. Oh, uh... <laughs> you are... My favorite daughter of the Frost Maiden. <laughs> and she, I love having friends almost as much as I love She like she, she pulls off this rope-like twine from her necklace already, and she wraps it around this lock, and she pulls it tight, and she's like, Marika will study this later. Marika is interested in what it may be. How does it remain frozen? 
That's what I thought. That's why I bought it. I was like, this must be a gift from Moriel. And now it is a gift to Marika. Mm-hmm. Will you all sleep or should we move at night? Marika thinks it is better to leave now. It will be easier and many things that would eat us, they will be sleeping now. What's, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Is the short rest just like an hour? Mm-hmm. Could we just wait an hour and then head out? Fine with me. Yeah. If, she if she leans down to you, Adelaide, and she, her mouth is beside you. All of you can hear her, though. She is whispering. She's like, <laughs> your friends need to warm their bones. I know. <laughs> I pull out one of the yeah, gallons of the blueberry wine. <laughs> <laughs> and I open up my spell book. <laughs> yeah. So she has, she has a kettle that is boiling. And as she uh, is boiling, she looks at you, and she sees that all, there are all of these jugs hanging off of buffalo. And she says, Marika wants to know what is in your jugs. Oh, my gosh. Have you had the blueberry wine from the monks? Marika would like two of the jugs. We've got a ton. Okay. No. What? She's sent- Yes. She's going to help us She's barbarian. helping us so much. You, you have eight. You a fucking thing. A trinket. You can barter if you'd like to. I was going to offer her a gallon because she's going to help us fight the barbarians. At least. Which is taking us and sending us to Mulmester. Yeah. She walks over She walks over to one of these. She has furniture here, by the way, to remind you all. She has, like, these big makeshift couches in here that you, like, that your head just comes above. But she can sit down on it normally. And she sits down and she looks at Patches and she, like, pats the seat beside her. She says, come sit with Marika. Little spoon. Why? I don't. I don't want to. <laughs> she and she like she looks at you like a little like distressed. Like okay, and then she's like, Marika does not ask for wine as payment. Marika just likes wine. Can we drink with you? Yeah, but everybody does. He just be giving out our shit willy nilly. She says, and you do not have to. I pop open one of the gallons, take a big swig of it, and I'm like. Care to partake? Yeah, she reaches down and she like, as she reaches down, she gets the jug and then she grabs the, like, are you still on Buffalo? Mm. You hop down, he's just hanging yeah, out. Just... She like grabs the, uh, I, are you shirtless? I don't know. What, you're in cold gear. Yeah, she like yeah. grabs you by the scruff of your clothes if you'll let her yeah. and she's just like sits you down on the couch beside her. I... Uh, she throws back that blueberry wine and she smacks her lips. And that, like they, her lips were already blue, but you can see the blue stain from the wine where she took a really big sip. And she says, uh, like, she's, uh, she just like purses her lips and you can see her jaw tighten up. And she's just like, Marika loves the blueberry wine the monks make. They have not visited Marika in many days. Mother Savan used to come talk to Marika. Hmm. She was sick, but she's getting well now. She may come to see you again soon. That is good news. She says, also, if you didn't notice, there's no more storm. Yeah. That was us. We did that. <laughs> is she like cold when you snuggle up? To yes. Her? Yeah. her skin is very cold. Um, and Patrick's was like, oh, so we stopped that storm. So you're welcome. And, <laughs> and she's like, getting rid of the storm does make Marika's job easier. Collecting my ingredients, protecting the worms and the animals that live in this place. Marika is grateful. We're really going to protect the worms if we go bust open in skulls of them barbarian ass crackers. Yeah, so you all are sitting around this fire. You're drinking from this jug of wine. Uh, about an hour goes by. There's probably Does some smaller need talk. Any health boost or anything while we're hanging? Oh, uh, so everybody right. regains a couple of hit dice. Yep. And cool. I'll, I'll play a, since we got some hit dice being rolled, I'll mm-hmm. play a little song of rest so you can add an extra decent. Were you not at that. full? Never mind. I do not play a song of rest. Well, I, I just play a regular song. Bitches. <laughs> health, finally. Can I tell Marika if she knows anything about poison or knows anyone that's good with recovery Damn. from poison? She might mm-hmm. want to send them up to Mother Savon. Marika will make something for her friend Mother Savon. Nice. 
Cool. All right. Well, so she stands up and she walks to the edge of her cave. And as she does this, she turns, she has this like cauldron above the fire. There's just like, it seems like some melted snow in it that was just steaming. It's like a humidifier. And she, <laughs> she grabs the top of this with her bare hand, turns it upside down to put the fire out and then places the cauldron over the burning embers. And she, and it darkens this cave almost completely. It is pitch black and you can see her silhouette walking toward the silver tundra out in front of her. And she says, it is time to go. Follow Marika. Um, I put on my cold gear, by the way. Okay, everyone's cold uh, gear is yep, on. Yeah, Everybody's ready to go. You walk through the night with Marika. I'm in real life. <laughs> this, <laughs> this wind is pressing against you. It's not as hard as the first time you came across, but it still bites. The best part about walking with Marika is that she crunches the snow down. So you're not having to like put your feet down deep into snow and like trying to walk in each other's tracks. It's like a perfect path she's making for you out in front of you. She does not talk while she is making this journey. And at, when she starts off, she says, If you become lost, just shout out for Marika. But it is best we keep our voices down. Just because the wind is howling does not mean things on the tundra cannot hear us. How long does the snowshoe potion last? Eight hours. Let's, I'm going to drink it. Okay. So Patches is like legolasing across the top of this <laughs> snow as everybody else is in Marika's tracks. And you think like maybe it was unnecessary, but it is cool. <laughs> well, I'm just saying if we, you know, if we get in a fight in the snow, I'm going to be able to move around pretty easily. Heard that. I'm going to use nature and I'm going to kind of, I'm going to like stand up a little bit on Buffalo and just keep an eye out and see if I see any movement, if it, there's any beasts or those spider things anywhere. Sure. And I'll alert the party. Yeah, so you're up on Buffalo. Uh, that was a 17. Uh, yeah, with a 17, you're looking out for... Up on Buffalo. <laughs> He's a guy on a Buffalo. I'm a guy on a Chocobo. So you're, you were standing up on the back of... I want to homebrew a Chocobo now. You're standing up on the back of Buffalo, and as you were walking through here, you're looking for those crevices where you saw those spiders, like the big cracks in the glacier where those spiders like to be. Or just any movement. Yeah, you don't see anything like that. You don't see any movement. Marika seems like a perfect guide for this tundra as you all are walking across with her. And there are a few times in the night where she crouches down and you, as your eyes adjust, you see her like move a hand and you all crouch down with her and she'll just like tell you to be quiet. And you can hear something grumbling and growling off in the distance and it very quickly fades. And it is this really strange howl. It's not, it's not unsimilar to the Yeti howls that you all heard. And as you were all sitting here with her, they fade off into the distance on the tundra. And then she stands back up and continues walking. You walk through the night and it is uneventful. And as you were walking through this, the sun is slowly but surely starting to come up. There's not a big orb of fire in the sky yet, but there is light in it. And it starts to light up this tundra around you and the tundra reflects it back so brightly that it is hard to see. What is strange is on the horizon, you can see all these little speckles of dots. And that's all that you can tell. But the closer you get to them, you realize that they are actually tents of some kind. And they're held up by what look like giant bones. And it pulls these tarps and these skins and these leathers tight. And what is strange is as you get even closer, you notice a lot of them are destroyed. Some of them, like they're not smoking or anything, but it looks like they've been crushed somehow or like they've been blown over into the side. Some of the bones on them are broken. You can see that it's been ripped apart on some of these. And as you walk up to this place, you would recognize it as a small village that looks like something has over like pseudo recently torn down a lot of the structures. And as you walk up to this place, a, a, a very small child approaches all of you. And this child has 
the exoskeleton of something on them. <laughs> their head is, their face is dirty. And they have two little bone daggers at their side. And they have what looks like an axe that is also made of bone on their back. And this kid looks out to you and he says, state, state your business. Who, who are you? Where do you come from? We've, uh, we just, we've been traveling through the tundra and we got lost. We were, we saw, you know, your village we were just coming for. And he like, he, he pulls out one of his little daggers and he points it at Marika and he's like, no giants in the village. She's not technically a giant. Uh, she's uh, just a really big woman. I'll kind of look up to Marika and be like, is this it? And, uh, and you can see, like, the disgust on her face as she's looking down at this kid, and she's like, Marika does not want to be with these barbarians anyway. Will you wait for us? Yes. I will take you back to my cave. And then I'm just going to walk out. And, and you can I see that she's just, like, really on edge. She's, like, being really short with you guys, and she's just looking at this kid, like, mm. she just, like, um, obviously does not like being here with these people. Okay. I'm going to say... Uh, you know, we we got lost. Do you do you have any water or anything for us? I'm rolling deception. God damn it! It's a sixteen. Regardless of the reason why you're here, you will talk to the Grim Daughters before you are allowed anywhere else, and so that we can determine if we're going to kill you or not. You're not hmm. going to kill us. You better um, pack I'm just going to step forward and I'm going to start casting suggestion on him. Okay. And I'd be like, I would like you to take us to Mallory. Okay, what does he roll against that? A wisdom save. You don't. Uh, that is an eight. He fails. Yeah, and so he's and so he puts his he puts his little bone dagger up and he's like, "Fine, I'll take you to the Grim Daughters because I want to, and don't let me get any trouble out of you." And he says, "Follow me." Sure. And he walks through this village and you see a lot of kids, but you don't see any adults. And they're tending to fires. They are inside of their tents crafting things. There's one enormous tent in the center of this place. And it is not bones stacked up on each other. It's like quite literally these, like almost a rib cage wrapped around with tarp. And out of the center of it, you can see the smoke is flowing out of it. Um, when you say kids, is it human kids or all kinds of... They're human kids. Okay. And as, yeah, they're, they all seem to be humans as far as you can tell. Lost boys. And as you were walking up to this tent in the center, he pulls it aside and he says, Grim Daughters, we have guests. And he just like steps aside to let all of you walk into this place. Thanks, kid. Yeah. Uh, you all walk <laughs> in and you see three little girls. One is sitting in this ornate chair that is completely made out of bones like weapons on display all behind her this tent is huge by the way and you can see that there are fires there is cooking this tent branches off into other smaller tents that are around it and the girl that sits in the chair that is made out of bones wears what looks like a polar bear pelt with its teeth over her head she has what looks like some sort of red paint or powder across her cheeks and painting her eyes completely you can just see her eyes sitting in the center of this. There are deer antlers coming up from underneath the polar bear's mouth that sit on her head. And it looks like it's just a little bit too big for her. She pushes it up as you all walk in so that she can see you. And she has these strange antennae going all the way down the back that you can see poking out. And she says, state your names. Who are you? And what do you want? Do I recognize yeah. any of these? You don't names? recognize any of them. They call us the Horizon Walkers. They call me. And we're yeah, about the baddest motherfuckers you're ever going to meet. Yeah. We're fans of the flame from Raven's Bluff, and we're here to talk Kick to Mallory. Take initials. Mallory. She's the one who brought all this trouble on us. 
I bet she did. Sounds like Mallory. (laughs) Yeah. Super resourceful. Where is she now? We'd like to take her off your hands. She showed up two fortnights ago. Red hair, clean, not a weapon in sight. Maldi. Very. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, that's her. My, f- my father was questioning her. And then the white worm showed up. And it killed everybody. Oh, my. And we're the only ones left, and she- it's because of her. From what we know, Mallory does not know how to call a white worm. Well, it must have followed her here. Maybe. She wouldn't have known, though. She didn't well, mean to. We would is she, to- okay. is she still around? It took her and it left. It took her. Where where does the white worm live? Have you seen it? They live in the springs to the north. They live under the water supply. They create it themselves. Okay. Um, How are you all in the aftermath of this? You seem very well organized and like you're doing well. We are the Grim Daughters. Mm -hmm. We were raised by our father. My name is Colmere. And my champion, Hildy, and you see this other little girl step out. Her entire mm-hmm. face is covered in this red powder that this girl is wearing. She has weapons at her side. She has weapons on her back. And she has what looks like this exoskeleton around her. And it's not all over her like heavy plate mail. It's just on her shoulders, on her elbows, on her forearms, and around her waist. And she wears furs underneath and on top of that. And my other sister... Ormhild. And uh, this other little girl walks out and she has all of these intricate antler and bone pieces all over her, but they look more like trinkets than anything else. She has a staff in her hand. What is strange is all of these pieces of clothing these little girls have seem a little too big for all mm-hmm. of them. And she's like, uh, Colmere, the leader, says, we're getting along fine. I see that. I'm very impressed, actually. This is... For just a fortnight out for you all to have organized yourself like this is very impressive. Yeah. You should be proud. Can you tell us uh, where the springs are? I know you said north, but how far? They're not far. Far. They're close enough for us to send our people out to get water and bring back to the village. Okay. I suspect our guide will know. Oh, we would love to take care of this Mallory problem for you. Well, I suppose we could use the help. If nothing else, maybe we could bring back water for you. That sounds good. There used to be grown-ups here, and the white worm killed them all? Yes. It uh, killed all of them. Sorry for your loss. Have you considered traveling to the monastery to stay with them there? They take in children. We are strong enough. Hmm? No doubt about that. We can handle okay. ourselves. Okay. The Grim Daughters were raised for this reason. We'll take care of our people, and we'll rebuild, even if our parents aren't here. It doesn't matter. They taught us to fight. They taught us to build. They taught us to... Make concoctions that can help us. Good we'll be fine. Very good. And if you're going to go after the worms, they live under the water, not around it. So you'll have to dive into it. And if you can't weather the cold, well, you'll probably die. I really, really like. <laughs> of course, no I shit. dropped my water that breathing spell. Polar bear. I know. Cold I was gear because it mm-hmm. it's fucking badass. It is. Do you ever travel to other places and use gold? Do you. Do you use money? We do accept gold in this village, but we're not quick to take it. We don't have much use for it. If it will help you, if if you had some gold to help rebuild your village, I am really eyeballing some of that polar bear cold gear. Do you have some around that you could sell it to me? Just a polar bear pelt? Yeah. Of course. We have <laughs> much extra cold gear lately. Does everybody need super cold gear if we're going to this white worm thing? Well, do we have to get in the water? That's the oh. problem. Yeah. Well, do, do, we, you, do you have something that could help us? Yeah. You, you said you need your, your concoctions? Well, you can use the blood 
of one of the rim erases, spread it on your body. Mm. Keep you warm. Do you have one? <laughs> <laughs> or do we have to kill one before we get in the water? We have some, but our supply is limited. We'll need an offering of something greater than gold. I take off the quarterstaff off my back, and I give it to her. Uh, the black one the that you got? Two, yeah. Okay. She hands it over to the champion, and you can see, like, as the champion is holding it, she's not been looking at you all. She's mm-hmm. kind of had her eyes to the ground, mm-hmm. and you can see her lips quiver just a little bit, and then she, like, looks up, and she takes it. And, uh, and the... Colmere, uh, the one sitting in the throne, like looks at her really sharply. You can see her straighten up, and she's like, "This is fine. This is good." Colmere says, "She means it's a good staff, not that it's good for the trade." What else do you want? Then I'll take it back. We'll keep the staff. No, but we'll need more than weapons. What do you want? What do you have? Pretty much just that. <laughs> then you have to go get your own blood. Well, I have a potion that can make you climb walls. Like, Are you really going to give that away? It's your favorite thing in the world. I know, but I can buy more, and I also have the spell for it. I mean, it's kind yeah, of Yeah, like, Adelaide, I don't think they're, that trade's worth that potion. I don't think the trade here is worth that potion, Adelaide. I mean, uh, it would take a little time, but couldn't we just kill one of these fucking It things? is, like, the most valuable potion in the whole material plane. It by is far. very <laughs> important. By far. Potion. I mean, the I, most important potion. It was the greatest moment of my life when I took it for the first we time. We survived an Afridi attack with a spider climb potion. I um, that the fucking nine. <laughs> okay, he got a nine on persuasion. Are you rolling deception, I imagine? Or mine was deception. Okay, uh, so you get a nine. 17. Uh, and a 17. So, yeah, she looks <laughs> to you and she says, I don't know where you come from. Maybe you speak to your kings in a demeaning manner? All of my people are dead. I don't want your potions. I want to rebuild my village. And just because I'm a child doesn't mean you're going to fool me with this bullshit. Now get out before I kill you. You're not going to kill us. Yeah. Um, I just And as she, as she says this, the, uh, her champion hits something against the floor, and all of these kids come in, bows drawn. They all have, like, their swords pulled and pointed to you. And she says, don't make me say it again. I- I go, hey, 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 hold your horses. We mean no disrespect, and look, we legitimately want to help you guys. And I lay down five, I don't know, two or three gold. Okay. Do I see a polar bear pelt around? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, there's like they're like hung up on the walls and stuff. Okay, and I'm just like, here's the money, and we truly want you to rebuild your village. We are not, we are not your enemies. By any means. But we have important shit to do, helping you being one of those. And we have to do it in a timely manner. And I'm also going to need this polar bear pelt. And I just put it... <laughs> yeah. The fangs are hanging over my eyes. Uh-huh. And also, we, we do sort of tend to speak to people in positions of power like this all the time. It's kind of a thing we do. <laughs> Can I... Um... Upend my bag of hoarding. <laughs> sure. Let it all scatter about the floor and be like, well, here's what I got. Any of this look good to you? We are a village of people. We are not a party of children. We need to build our homes. If you have people to send to rebuild our homes, send them. If you want to help us, send an army. If you want to kill the rim raises that killed our parents, kill them. I don't want your trinkets. Okay. Well, I'll just take Fine. well then, then we'll just get the fuck out of here. Go maybe kill a rimmer race and then we'll see find me. And you can like all of these kids still have their their bows are pointed. They you there are about ten of them knocked. There are ten others that have swords and axes out and pointed at all of you. I say we back out. Yeah. Just get the fuck out. I scoot my trinkets back into the bag and I'm like we're gonna kill those rimmerates for you. We want to be your champions too. If you do kill the white worm, come talk to me. Then mm-hmm. we might have something to speak of. Mm, I don't think so. We're sorry what happened to you guys, and 
we're gonna try to kill those worms. We meant no disrespect. We're just in. We're just in a. We're in a fucking time crunch. That goes both ways. There's no disrespect or respect. Well, you could always fight our champion. Who's the champion? She's standing her. beside what, her. What's, why would we? What's the purpose of that? It is tradition. To show respect. To like earn respect. All it is how our village has always worked. Five against one? One against one, I if you want. I think we choose someone. Mm-hmm. Well, we could do that. I don't think it's worth our time respectfully. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I say we just get the fuck out of here. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Th- thanks so much for the yeah, uh, bye. Com- combo. <laughs> have a good day. God damn. Vermont. We're gonna. We're just gonna leave your place and have fun being barbarians. Thanks for the cool cold gear. Enjoy your gold. Here's a bowl of dirt. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> yeah, and she raises her hand up, and as she does, all of the bows are like unknocked. The arrows are put back. Swords and axes are sheathed. Uh, you all are walking toward where you know uh, these rim raises are supposed to be. How many days has it been? Half a day. Half a day, yeah. Half a day, okay. Whew. Marika is with us now. Marika, what do you know about the Rimmerazes? Marika thinks that the worms are majestic creatures. Hard to deal with, but strong-willed and good, if you gain their trust. Marika also knows that they are protective of their young, and that their eggs are very valuable, which is one of the reasons Marika was asked to leave her village. And decided for herself it was best, because she did not want to harvest the eggs anymore. We just need to find one, or if we could get the blood out of an egg, but that would probably conjure a mama. Mm. We can just ask one to give us some of its blood. Yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> no. Um, Marika. <laughs> no. Do you think, how hard do you think it would be to convince them to give our friend back to us that they seem to have taken? How do you know your friend was taken by these worms? That's they, what they, they told they, us in the village. The white worm is the what white worm is, came is, and but the rimmeraze blood different. is what we need. A rimmeraze is what what you yeah rode. Mm-hmm. So we yeah yeah we know what they fucking yeah. look like. We we got along. Um, they look like these giant crazy alien centipedes that are like twenty five feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. they're really big. Also, are they fire elemental creatures? Mm-hmm. You know that they burn to the touch. They like mm-hmm. they will like burn you pretty badly to the touch. Patches knows this better than most. Uh, Callista experienced ha- like half of sort of what a normal person it. would experience. Yeah. It's like a bad day at the sauna for Callista. Marika, I know that you and I don't need it, but if you were, say, a person that didn't like the cold and couldn't survive the cold the way that we can, do you have a better way other than Remoraid blood to maybe survive if you were going in water? Marika knows that if you were to have fat from an animal, you could rub it on yourself, cover your body in it. It will protect you for a short amount of time. Marika might also suggest that you become used to the cold. Jump in. Swim to the bottom. And she she leans down to you and she says, Has the daughter of the Frost Maiden considered? She could swim to the bottom. She can live through the cold. Find an entrance and help her friends get there. A lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I don't like to be without my friends. But what do you guys think? Is there? A I would. Way to I would. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah, it'd be cool to maybe just not go get in a fight with a rimmer race. <laughs> yeah, seems like a lot of trouble just to go. Rather fight into those the children. Yeah, we I feel like it's just gonna wash off of us <laughs> when we get in the water anyway. Help us rebuild our village. All you, do is, all you gotta do is find. <laughs> <the cat. laughs> right? Why don't you go down under the water and then Marika? Since you are a frosty, uh, kick-ass, giant, badass warrior lady, you could uh, help her with that. And then potentially we could stand outside the water 
and and maybe assist in some way. Do we know is there a place like physically in the water, or you just have to go th- like through the water to get to it, and like then you're tunnel. yeah. The the way that the kids described it was that you have to go in the water, and there's mm-hmm. like some way to get in under the water and into their lair. You get through it, so you're right. not in the water the whole time. <clears throat> That's what it seems like. Uh, and Marika looks at Guy, and she's uh, she says, Marika can go, but Marika does not like to disturb the worms. Marika has a very special relationship with these worms. It is best she does not barge into their home. Adelaide goes under the water, finds the opening to the thing, and then we just dive in where the opening is rather than we go into the water and search around, and that way we're in the water for just a minute and then we're out. I can mage hand you the direction. Uh, Buffalo is with you all, just as a reminder, and so is Gumble. Oh, Buffalo could totally walk under the water. No meat to get cold, son. Um, Okay, well, how far are we from the water? Can we see it? Yeah, as you were walking up, you do see these... They're bigger than ponds, but they're smaller than lakes. You can see these three bodies of water on this glacier, and it is just white all around them. But you can see the water on the top of them is moving. And though it looks like there is a little bit of steam coming up and off of the water. But there are three of these separate bodies. And like I said, they're 400 feet long and about 400 feet wide as well. Like, they're pretty large bodies of water. I'm going to roll nature and see if I can <clears throat> find, like... Animal pathways. Okay. Yeah. Anything like that. Like a very well used one. <laughs> so that is not very good. It's a goddamn six. Yeah, it's really tough to tell. Um, you're up here and this snow is constantly pouring in this place, so it is difficult to find tracks on this tundra. Will you allow me to do that? If I focus myself, will you allow me to do that again? Uh, you could roll a survival instead, but I'll no, I won't survive. let you roll nature right. again. 14. While Guy is not able to find any literal physical animal prints, and neither is anyone else, Guy, you would think that the best bet on this water, knowing how they make it, is going to be the clearest. So whatever has been most recently melted is going to be the clearest water because it hasn't had time to get dirt and murky and like sticks and debris and all kinds of gross junk in it. So you would think that your best bet is going to be the clearest pool of water out of these three. Which one looks the clearest? Uh, as you were walking up, you were inspecting it. You're saying this to everybody. There are three. There's one in the front as you come up, and then there's two more just behind it in, in from the direction that you're walking in, at least. And they're not in a perfect triangle, but it's the best way to think of it. And as you were walking up to these, it is bright daylight at this point. When you all first walked up and onto that village, it was uh, early morning. But right now, the sun has finally like come up over the cliffs that are on the edge of this glacier, and you can see brightly. But you think that from the angle you were walking at, it's not the first body of water that you are coming to, but the one behind it on the right seems to be the clearest of these three. Looks like the one on the right is the way we need to go. So I would like... Uh-huh. To take the largest piece of my wind chime okay. and tinker a snorkel out of it. Yeah, I want to make like a snorkel and I want to swim ar- along the like. Oh, like, like of the wind, wind chime tube. Yeah. The wind chime <laughs> tube. Okay, great. I'm going to try to like snorkel across this and see if I like can find yeah. like the end. So, Adelaide, you, do you, do you jump in? Okay, fun. So, Adelaide jumps in. Marika sits on the side. Uh, everyone watches Adelaide. She, uh, you, I'm guessing you just like step right into the water and bloop, you go down into it. Adelaide, the, the cold outside of this water didn't bother you, but inside this water, you're not sure how much it would bother your teammates, but it is certainly cold. Yeah. 
And as soon as you drop down into it, it's not like there are these living active bubbles just like floating through it and all of this life. The water is very still. It's very strange when something is this cold, almost frozen. It's just like one or two degrees above being frozen. And so everything is very still in here. It seems to like push everything out of the water. And as you were sitting in this, uh, roll a constitution saving throw for me. Come on, con save. Uh, you can roll it with advantage because of, uh, oh, is that a good thing? Yes. <laughs> Why? What was the first one? It was a five. Oh. Uh, a 12 is a save. So uh, you jump, you jump down and into this. And as you do, this cold comes over you and you feel yourself like even with this 12, you black out just for a second. And then you realize in the middle of this cold that it's your eyes are still open and you can see it just seems to have darkened in here. And as you were sitting in this chamber, you see these eyes start to open all around you as you were in this frigid place all alone. And you hear a voice speak out. And it says, You have done well, daughter. Thank you, Laurel. You plunge into my depths. Not just in this water, but in our relationship. One more test. One you cannot avoid. She will come to you. She has been for a while now. And she is close. I am thankful for any test you send to me. Everything I do, I do in your name. All of these eyes are open in this darkness, and you can see their pupils, like where the iris of the eye would come out. They all just look like these snowflakes as they are all looking at you, and then all but two close. And they are very small eyes, and they're looking out to you, and this darkness pulls away. And as all of you are looking at the top of this, it looks like the top of this water is starting to freeze over. You can see that it's just like this really thin sheet of ice starting to crack up onto the top of it. And you see a woman standing here, Adelaide. Her body sort of fleshes out from these eyes that are looking at you. And she has garments on, but it's almost like they're made out of ice crystals themselves. You can see perfectly clearly through them to her naked body. And she's standing here and she is looking at you. And you can see her blue hair pulled down to the side. And she is gorgeous as she stands at the bottom of this lake. And she says, a gift from your mother. And then she look, she gestures over to one side. And as she does, you see this ice break from the side of it and fall away. And you see this hole that looks like it'd be just big enough to crawl through. Make me proud. Always. And then she's gone. And all of a sudden, you all see this ice on the top of this place fade away. And Adelaide, you see her just before she disappears, just a tiny smile crack on her face. And you can just see like the, like, even through all of this and how sweet she's talking to you, her voice is a little condescending. You can just see like the meanness in her eyes, but she is still smiling out to you and she just has this knowing look and then she's gone. Oh, I love her so much. How deep is the hole? Uh, it's it's a great question. It's, a, it's about 10 feet below the surface. 10 feet? Okay, perfect. So I'm going to cast Mage Hand and point it down straight mm -hmm. at where the hole is. <laughs> yeah, we'll see this hand to, like uh, come up out of the water. Point right down at it, and then I'm going to swim down into the hole. Okay. How, how far out into the water is it for the rest? It's of a us? great question. So you all are standing on one side of this, and you think that if you were just to move a little bit over, like 20 feet to your right, you could jump in, and the the hole is not like. It's not some weird magical thing in the center of it. It's a, literally a hole in the side of the wall in this thing. Mm -hmm. And it looks like uh, a worm that, I mean, was about five feet in diameter has dug its way through here. So you can see this just perfect tunnel dug through here. And it seems like the water does go down into it, by the way. So it's not just like you get you, you get your head on the other side of the hole and it's like, 
Okay, I guess I should probably get out and tell y'all what's happening. <laughs> but, like, if we're on the side of the the land, mm-hmm. it's close enough to where we could literally just jump down into the water and swim into the hole? Yeah. Okay, cool. It's like 10 feet below I guess, you. Um, I'm going to swim up to the top and shout out to them. Be like, the hole's down here. It looks like the water's going in. I'm going to take a deep breath and go in. Um, I'll check it out first and make sure it's safe. See how deep that water goes in that hole. If I don't come up in... How everyone, long can I everyone, set your watches to mine. <laughs> uh, please come back to me. Okay, bye. Uh, can you wait? Can you send, when you get to the chamber, send me a mental picture of that. Okay. Just take, take a fucking. We'll tie some ropes together. Take a rope and tug on it. If it's cool to come down. I'll give you a thumbs up, mage hand. If it's okay. Cool to come down. <laughs> Twerks. Okay. Are you if going mage, for it, Adelaide? If mage hand go goes that far. Back in. Okay, so you're back in. You've already rolled your constitution saving throws, and you don't need to again because Oriel has blessed you. And uh, you swim down and into this hole. It is dark, but you're half elf. You have dark vision. You can see the ground around you. Ooh. Uh huh. Um. <laughs> so it's an eldritch invocation. I'm one with the shadows in dim light and darkness. I can use my action to turn invisible. Okay. So you you were attempting to turn invisible in Once here. Once I stop moving, if I see something, I'm going to do that. If, I, if okay. I move, it's gone. And then something really strange happens. You get about 30 feet into this as you were swimming, and you go invisible. Like you can't even see your own hands as you're swimming through this place. And then you feel yourself get pulled, almost as if the water is going somewhere, and you are tumbling through this thing. You cannot tell which way is up, which way is down. It is dark. You do not know how far this goes. You need to make a dexterity saving throw for me. Does my mage hand disappear on the water? I mean, I wouldn't know, but... It's 30 feet, dog. How far away can your mage hand be? 30 feet. Yeah. You're way more than 30 feet away at this point. It just disappeared. Yeah. (laughs) Dex save. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yay! Yeah, so you're able to quickly, like, smartly enough, you're freaking out because you were in this water. It's very claustrophobic. You could easily drown even though you're used to the cold. But you calm yourself and you instead of like trying to figure out which way is up, you just grab to you're just putting your hands against the side of the wall to try and slow yourself or at least get a grounding on it. And all of a sudden you just I like come out of this place and you can see this water pouring into this cavernous underground dome. And as you were in here, you see as far as you can tell, hundreds of other sources of water pouring into what looks like an underwater river. And you were standing on the top of a waterfall. And it seems to fall over the side and into this big cavern that opens up out past it. Uh, you cannot see over the lip of this, and you can see this water just rushing by. The sound of it is almost deafening as you're sitting right beside it, and all of this other water spraying into this river, basically. And it just falls over to the side, and you can see it going somewhere, but you can't really tell where from here. Cool. Um, I'm going to wait for my friends, because I know they're probably going to come follow me. Mm-hmm. And I think I might take some rope and try to tie it to something okay. so I can, like, throw it to somebody if they need it. Okay. Cut scene to us. We're all just leaving. We're like, well, she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> in case it wasn't clear enough, you traveled very far uh, in this water as it pulled you into oh, this place. Well, we can't leave without her, although she's probably dead. But <laughs> oh, No one heard. There's no way. Can I do a thing? I will never die. I'm going to crawl through Buffalo's hips. Get in his tummy like a womb, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna have Marika just torpedo me into that hole by grabbing Buffalo and like yeah. throwing you into it. Yeah. <laughs> She'll try. Well, Hell yeah, dude! Patches, just as a reminder before you jump in, you do have Gumble in uh, oh. on with you. So, and before I do that, I'm gonna do like 
a bunch of jumping jacks, and then I'm gonna chug some fucking wine so my body's totally really hot. <laughs> That's great. So the cold isn't gonna uh, bother I me love as much. That. Whiskey blanket. Marika <laughs> grabs Buffalo by the skeleton, <laughs> and Guy is in the rib cage, <laughs> like riding this motherfucker, and she picks it up and just throws him, and he only misses by a little bit, but it's enough for him to. What the fuck? His strength is plus five. Okay, so Buff- Buffalo rolls pretty ballin' ass athletics. Buff. Yeah, he's buff. <laughs> Dude, oh hell yeah. Um, he's able to like grab it with his hooves and he, under this water, he did, Buffalo does not need to breathe. He does not, like temperature does not affect him. So you can hear this underwater like, and then like, yeah. <laughs> he like pulls up. Guy, as this is happening though, and he's Buffalo is lifting himself into this hole and like starting to get his body through it, you need to make a constitution saving throw. Is that a natural one, dog? That's oh, oh. Well, you're in the rib cage. You, you won't float out. Right? <laughs> no, but really you cold. jump into this and you have that whiskey blanket and you're like, here we go. I'm not going to notice it that much. Dude, this water is so goddamn cold. <laughs> it is, it is, I mean, like it will kill a regular person. It is not like you, you jump in and you're like, oh, the jumping jacks were a facade. <laughs> like, <laughs> you freeze immediately and you were going to take a point of exhaustion. Okay. Uh, and you were also going to take, oh, well, okay. Four cold damage okay. as you jump into this place. As exhaustion is worse. Uh, yeah. It, it's just how stiff your body becomes as you get into here. And then Buffalo will make the dexterity saving throw as you start to get pulled into this place. And, uh, and I'm going to ready my action. Like if I see someone struggling on through it, I'm going to like throw uh, the rope. Buffalo does not do well as he's climbing up into this. You start to feel yourself toss and turn. And as you come out the other side, Adelaide, you see this water pushing. You just hear the rattling of this and Guy and Buffalo just like crash into the ground here. They hit some rocks as they do hit this. And but you, they're not still in the waterfall. You will be sheltered just a little bit from the damage. Uh, Buffalo is going to take nine damage, and you are going to take four. Those bad things happen to Buffalo when you uh, climb inside And of you it. are also, <laughs> as you come out of this, where Adelaide landed on the rocks, you lose control a bit. And so you're going to have a hard time uh, choosing where you land. Uh, however, you do, you hit some rocks, and you land on solid ground. So you don't get caught up in the river and pushed away and like pulled away with the waterfall. Just yeah, so you got guy got beat up a little bit on his way in could here though. It could have been worse. Um, yeah, I'm just going to uh, kind of like over and over do like three fourths of the firebolt spell in my glove to mm-hmm. get it super warm. Okay, <laughs> you're just like just heating like it up. Heating up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I'll just crack my neck and just jump in. <laughs> here we go. So you <laughs> hold your breath, you jump in. Uh, your glove sinks you pretty quickly. You can the the water is clear by the way. As you guys' eyes are open, uh, like I was describing to Adelaide, you jump in here and this water is just perfectly crystal clear. So you can see everything under here. You know exactly where to look for that opening. And what is strange is you can see it looks like a, a strange snowflake formation is formed around it, where it's like frozen around the entrance of this. Arwell, you need to make a Constitution saving throw for me. Uh, 19. It's a pass. It's cold as fuck in here, but that glove is warm enough so that you can still move your fingers enough to start pulling at the water. You do manage to get into this opening, and as you get into it, you swim just a little ways, and then quickly you are swept away. You're pulled instantly, and there is nothing you can do to fight against this as this pressure starts pulling you. And it seems like the further in you get, the harder it's pulling at you. It seems like it's rushing towards some sort of exit, and uh, make your dexterity saving throw. 21. 
wow. And then Arwell comes out and like you you come out and you stumble, but you were able to like land on your knees and your hands as you were coming out of this place. And by the way, I, I know it's easy to imagine that you guys are like shooting out of a ceiling, mm-hmm. but it's not it's not quite like that. It's yeah. like coming, it's like pushing it's out and it's quickly. It's like the end of a water slide. Right, right yeah. exactly. I hate this. Right. And so yeah. Oh, sorry. No. I shout, nice job, Professor. Yeah, and I'm just like moving my glove yeah. all over my body. Myself yeah, like you just start casting it again, like, oh, <laughs> uh, man, it is, it is miserable how cold it is in there. So Arwell makes it into this place. Guy in Buffalo, you, you show up, Adelaide's like, nice job. And Guy's like, fuck, like in <laughs> Buffalo's ribs, all beat up. Two more. Patches. I'm okay with going. I'm okay with going oh. after you. Why don't you go ahead? Okay. Yeah, you can see Gumble, his little ruby head and his little ruby claws are just sitting up and out of your armor, and he's looking around, and he's just, like, chirping and purring. But he is not, since you got back to the material plane, how cold it is, he has, he does not come out freely like he was on the elemental plane of rear. Um, I, to Gumble, I say, we're about to go underwater. If you, you know, and it's going to be really cold, I would stay tucked into my armor. Don't. Don't stick your head out. Yeah, and he like he chirps and he purrs, and you can see his little head just go down and into your armor, and you can feel him wriggling around, and you can feel what it feels like he's like kneading the front like of your body. He's on your chest, just like making biscuits, and you can hear him just like like in the in your armor. Why is he so fucking cute? Stop it. (laughs) So I took a uh, snowshoe potion. Mm Mm-hmm. Still in effect. So I'm going to dash. Okay. And get a running start and just try to dive toward to where okay. I saw them go like as fast as I can. Right. You know you know how and cold like this is. Fast hand swimming like I'm trying to yeah. like go Fuck. as fast as um, I can. Sure. How about this? I'll you'll still make the con save, but I'll give you advantage on your decks. Okay. Uh, okay, so you jump in and you're like ready to go. You're like, fuck, 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 fuck. And you jump in and it's that moment before you jump into a regular pool, but it's like five times worse. You know that it is not going to be fun hitting this water and it certainly is not. As soon as you break the surface, it's excruciatingly painful how cold this is. It's like a thousand needles are poking your faces. You dive into this place. Make your con save for me real quick. Gumble's also going to make a con save. Gumble doesn't do good. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Gumble does? Yeah. Do you have the pseudo dragon stats up? Really? Oh, he saves. Great. I gave him advantage because he's in your uh, armor. What'd you get? I got a 10. Yikes. So, Patches, you jump in here. You're ready to go. And for just a second, all of those those pin-pricking needles are just poking at your skin. You feel your muscles seize up. They don't work the way that they're supposed to in this place. You're going to take a level of exhaustion. And you're also going to take three cold damage. But you are able to get into this hole. And just like everybody else, you start swimming toward it. And it just seems like this hole starts to get some sort of force pulled onto it. And Patches, as you are falling through this thing, you are tumbling, but you are agile. You get to make uh, a dexterity saving throw with advantage. 16. What's with the size? As you were tumbling through this patches, you stabilize yourself. What is really strange, though, is though you are, man, it is so cold, it is hurting. Your teeth are set. Your jaw is aching. Your ears, I don't know if you guys have ever, like, ran during the winter, but your ears are excruciatingly painful. Your eyes are, too, but your wrist lights on fire as you are flying through this tunnel of water. And when you come out and you stumble in front of Adelaide and everybody, you, you do make it. So uh, you're able to land on your feet, like really strangely. Patches like comes out and though he's cold, he's on his feet. This water's dripping off of you and you can immediately feel that heat coming back to you. And it seems like it's coming back through that bracelet. It is um, burning on your wrist right I now. I immediately look at Guy, Arwell, and Adelaide and so there's a dragon here. 
Do you think this is the white worm they were saying the cult people were talking about? Uh, the, the white worm, like W Y R M. Yeah, it's yeah. not a worm. It's a fucking dragon. Uh, well, I hope it's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's small. Callista, you're out here with uh-huh. Marika. Yeah. So I turn to Marika and I say, Marika. I'm so I tempted not, to get her to just push <laughs> I am not a daughter of RL, so please forgive me um, what I am about to do to prepare myself, which I'm sure you will see as weakness. And I take a little <laughs> handful of fur from the furs I'm wrapped in uh-huh. and hold it in my hand and use it to cast Enhance Ability on myself. Ah. Enhance Space ah. Ability. I, ca- I give myself Bear's Endurance. Okay. Which gives me advantage I like on that you let them all go so they didn't know. Yeah. I didn't want anybody. <laughs> like, why didn't you cast there, it on me, mother? There are two things in the world that Callista hates. Cold and being underwater. Ah. So here we are. So I cast Bear's Endurance. She's facing her It gives me fear. 2d6 temporary hit points. So that's seven temporary hit points. Nice. That might come in handy pretty soon. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. And then (laughs) it lasts for an hour, and then I have advantage on my con check. I walk up to the edge, and I just stand there sort of shaking a little bit, and I do something that none of you have ever heard me do because I never do it in public. I just start humming this really simple lullaby that my mom used to sing to me, but I never, ever sing it anywhere in public, and so I'm just quietly... And then you feel Marika's big hand smack your back right <laughs> into just, the water. As I'm, <laughs> as I'm carefully trying to step out and drop in, yeah, Marika Marika's like, push. <laughs> yeah, she just pushes you right in. And I'm like, squeep. <laughs> yeah. Make your con save with advantage, okay. I believe. Yeah, with advantage. Calista is making a grimacing face underwater. It's a 21. Wow. Yeah, you jump in here, and that cold comes over you, and you certainly hate it. it like, regardless of how well you do in it, it is not your forte. And so you drop into this and you uh, succeed on your six save on your saving throw, but it is frigid. I like the, can we call it a six saving throw? A six saving throw. Um, and so you drop in and oh, it just stiffens your whole body up. I'm you, still trying to hum that little tune. Yeah. Bubbles are breaking on the yeah. so you can still hear it. But you can you can see clearly, and your super spooky uh, golden eyes mm-hmm. open up in this place, and you can just see how. In the midst of all of this, there is a little beauty to this strange place. You can see the light coming through. You can see crystal clear, this weirdly perfect underground lake pond thing that has been made. You can also see the entrance where your friends went. A snowflake marks it very clearly right in front of you. You enter it? Mm-hmm. Okay. You enter this opening, and as you enter it, the same thing happens to you that happened to everyone. You start swimming, and something else starts pulling you along, and you are quickly tumbling over yourself as this just starts rushing like a river that's all around you that you can't get out of, and you need to make a dexterity saving throw. 17. Yeah, the 17. Yeah, you're using your hands, your tail, maybe even your horns a little to like, <laughs> whatever, the side, whatever you can get. Can. And then like you get spit out and you really great, like you maybe wobble a bit, but then you like tiptoe a little bit forward as mm-hmm. you're getting your balance and you're like, huh? <laughs> and you're able to make it. Everyone is sitting here soaking wet. Um, I have my glove like piping hot ready for you if you want. Can you dry out my cold gear with your gloves? Press to I mean, digitate that shit. Oh, yeah. yeah, you can. Yeah, I please. You can you at least get the, not the cold, but the water. The you water. can like get the water Absolutely. off. Absolutely. Uh, you have it I have free, it. right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so Calista shows up in like that. a, you know when a dog shakes and it's like, uh-huh. you see it like, like pop off of Calista and just this like mist just shoots mm-hmm. off of her and everything is dry and it just at goes, least <sighs> and it's like you're not gonna chafe any yeah. and oh it's just gonna be so That's nice 
Anybody else? Anybody? Sure. I don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, of course I want presses. Yeah. I just sweep it around and drop Yeah, everyone's like, shh, 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 it's all coming off. Patches, as this is all happening, everyone's like, ooh, yeah, I'd love that. But, like, your wrist is just constantly reminding you. Calissa, I just told them, but there's a dragon here. There are all these channels of water coming in and pouring into this underground river. It's really bizarre to look at. And just past it, over the lip of this, it looks like a, a big cavernous opening exists there. And this water just rushes and then falls down and into that place. You all cannot see over the lip of that where you are standing. And the rushing of that waterfall would certainly prove dangerous if you were too close to the edge of it. I'm going to walk to the edge mm -hmm. of the waterfall. Is yeah. the bracelet getting warmer as I do that? As you walk closer to the edge of the waterfall, the bracelet is getting warmer. But what is strangest is you are able to see over the edge now. And you can see this cavern. And it is not made of dirt like the place that you just came from. It's like a perfect crystal dome in here of ice. The whole edge of it is just covered in the sheet of ice. You can see these enormous icicles hanging down from the ceiling, unnaturally big. Like the water must have been dripping in here for years to make them this large. Some form columns from the ceiling to the floor. So the surface isn't perfectly smooth where you all are standing. It's I'm like really for rocky. Something solid in the fucking. Okay, ground. yeah, there's still yeah, there's still or mites. Yeah. Um, I'd like to secure a rope around yeah. it and rappel down. Can I before you do that and I touch your shoulder? Um, I want to go to kind of the edge and just like give like I want to do like a perception check, but like see if I can see maybe a dragon or okay. any movement or sure. anything. Um, sixteen. Yeah, with the sixteen, this cavern is it's it's quite gorgeous actually. And so you can see the crystal dome that you were inside of, the ice columns. There is The only contrast to the blue of this is the black earth floor. You can tell that the floor itself doesn't seem to be frozen, so you could walk on top of it. And there are only two other things you see in this room beside that. One is, it's not a column of ice. It's more like a smaller dome of it. And it seems like there is the silhouette of something in the middle of it. And the other thing is a small crumpled body on the floor with bright red hair. And it seems to be laying in like somewhat of a fetal position and it is unmoving. Well, I'm, we have to get to her, right? Yeah. Did, so Any signs of life around her? She I, just I don't see any in? movement. Okay. I see a weird crystalline <sighs> whatever. And then a, I think Mallory. We'll end the episode right there. <laughs> <laughs>